You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, everybody. If you're interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business, this episode is sponsored by my book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. To get your free copy, just send a text to 44222 with the word seven habits. That's the number seven habits to 44222. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. Her name is Kirsty Verity, and she's a she had a 20-year corporate career, but she now runs her own successful multi-million dollar Amazon business and co-founded Real with her partner, Isaac Kuhlman. Real is dedicated to coaching Amazon sellers to develop their businesses with the right strategies to achieve their freedom goals. They specialize in taking sellers who are stuck or plateaued in their business and helping them break through and reach the real success they desire. So welcome to the show, Kirsty. Thank you very much, Dennis. Nice to be here. Thank you. I'm, it's a pleasure to have you here. I know you're a big traveler. You've been in, you know, you were from the UK and Australia and now you're in Montreal. You were just in Mexico. Yeah. It's kind of an interesting time to be a big traveler. Yeah. I'm feeling pretty grounded at the moment. I'm like a caged animal. <laughs> I'll bet. Yeah. Well, yeah. I have two daughters home with me and my wife, so we can relate. Even, we don't, even though we don't travel a lot, being stuck in the house for any extended period of time is, is challenging for anyone. But for you, who's used to being kind of free spirit and off in the wind and, you know, kind of a digital nomad, so to speak, right? Where you're traveling yeah. everywhere and you can do your business. It's got to be difficult, but we'll get through it. So today, just to tease everybody and to give everybody a sense as to why we're here, you know, Kirsty has a very specific knowledge base in and around building and growing successful Amazon businesses. So we're going to talk about one of the number one struggles that new people that are looking to start an Amazon business have, which is how to find the perfect product to grow a seven-figure Amazon business. So we're going to touch into that. But before we do, give us a really quick backstory. Tell us a little bit about how you got here. Take a couple minutes and then we'll dive right in. Yeah, sure. So yeah, as you said, I'm originally from England, the north of England. And I started my career, my corporate career in marketing. So I've worked on like many different brands. You might have heard of Durex condoms, for instance, which is always raises a bit of a laugh. But I've worked on Pedigree Chum. I've worked on toothpaste. I've worked on pain relief. So basically, whatever process that you use to build brands, it's exactly the same no matter who you're trying to target and what type of products there are, right? And I really enjoyed that career. Started out in the UK and then I decided to move to Australia because it's sunnier and it doesn't rain as much. And so I moved there. Absolutely loved living there. But again, I was doing this corporate career and I just got to this certain point, which I'm sure a lot of people have, where you just kind of go, you know what, if I can make multi-millions for these guys, maybe I can make some for myself, right? So how... How am I going to actually go about doing that? But the key thing for me was actually to think about, well, what gives me freedom? So you mentioned there about, you know, traveling the world. That was one of my big passions. I mean, I traveled around Australia for a year before I decided to settle there. So I was like, I need to find that thing. You know, we're all looking for the thing, right? I need to find that thing that's going to give me the freedom that I need. And so I actually went looking for a business model that would give me that versus thinking, hey, I've got this idea about a business. So I did try lots of different things in the meantime, though, but I settled on Amazon because it allowed that. Because what they do, Amazon, they obviously, they warehouse the product for you. They ship it out. They deal with all the customer service. Basically, my job as an Amazon seller 
was to find awesome products, build a brand, stand out versus the competition, and then essentially ship the products in. So private label them and ship them in and make sure I've got great customer service and also understand how to rank the products on Amazon as well. So my core focus was that and all the kind of back-end detail stuff Amazon were going to deal with. Also, I was in Australia. There was no Amazon platform in Australia at that point. So it gave me access to the globe, right? You know, I started selling in the US straight away. And then actually to really grow my business, I then went into the UK and then into Europe and then into Canada. So it, I mean, it's a little old me, but I'm able to do that and have this global platform because Amazon does all that hard work. So that's why I chose Amazon. I've been selling on Amazon now for six years. And, you know, we do over 5 million a year just, just by selling in those countries in one category and with about 10 products. Well, wow, so you're doing 5 million a year. Yeah. In with about 10 products in one category. And I think you said you were in and around the fitness niche, right? Yes, that's right. right. So you're doing 5 million a year. Can you, sh- you've been doing it six years. Can you share the ramp up, maybe like a rough, like year one, year two, year three to draw people a picture and give them a sense yeah. as, to, as to someone that who had no experience yep. and took the ball and ran with it and how that's grown? Yeah. So my first year, I got to 1.1 million, which I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> and then the second year, I doubled that. Then the third year, I got to like the four, then the fifth, around the five. And I've kind of stuck at that point because then my focus was then shifting into more the coaching side. So what I'm doing is, is actually, you know, just making sure it's ticking over, pulling out the profit, and then I'm looking to sell it in the future. So my goal right now is to just make it as profitable as possible to then be able to sell it for a great multiple and take some cash out and maybe start another one eventually. But my core focus now is really helping others to do that as well. And as we know, one of my key things is all about focus. And I know that if I um, like, have got too many focuses going on, that I'm not going to put as much effort into one than the other. But yeah, it's a great way to have two things going at once because once you build the team, you're able to take it forward. Love it. So what's the name of your brand? What I'd like to do, people, I think people would be interested, maybe, who knows, maybe they're interested in your products, but they're probably more interested in how you actually built your brand because you've got a whole suite of products and now you're talking about a potential exit where you could sell that brand. That's two different ways to make money. You can sell products and make money, but, but then you can eventually sell the asset itself. So what's the name of the brand? Master of Muscle. Master of Muscle. Love yeah. it. All yeah. right, cool. So today, guys, we're going to talk about, again, how to find the perfect product, right? That product that is going to help you to grow a seven or maybe even an eight-figure business, depending upon how successful you are. Again, you know, I think uh, Kirsty's done an amazing job. Obviously, she did over a million dollars her first year and has grown it to five million. But that's not the story for everybody. And I think product selection is one of those things that holds people back. And so she's going to talk about this whole product selection framework that she has. And so I'm going to turn it over to her. And I think it's going to make for a really interesting conversation. So take it away. Yeah, sure. So what you want to do is rather than just think about a product, first of all, think about an area that you want to sell products in because products are going to come and go. And I suppose that's the key thing that people need to understand is what we want people to do is really fall in love with their brand first and then build products around that. So first of all, have like a niche in mind, have an area in mind. You don't need to know what the brand name is yet, but just think about number one, what are you passionate about? That always helps, right? Because you're going to be talking about this thing for the next however long. Also, something that you're interested in, you might not know a lot about it right now, but you're interested to know more. And just think about what types of people that you would like to connect with because you're going to be connecting with your customers. So if you're going to start to build this brand out, you want to enjoy the people that you're connecting with, right? So if you've got something in mind where you're like, yeah, guess what? You know, 
CBD oil makes a lot of money, but you've actually got something inherently inside you that doesn't agree with it, don't sell it just because you know you think you can make some money off of it. You will make money, but you're not going to love it. You're not going to be able to grow the, the brand and the business long term. So that's the number one area. What that also helps you do is get you really focused on how you're going to start to research these products. Because a lot of people that come to us when they have problems, what they've done is they've just sold products in different niches. And the problem with that is that what you're not going to do is get focused, which is what I kind of talked about earlier. So if you're selling, say, headphones, and then you're selling, I don't know, stickers, and then you're selling, uh, you know, surgical gloves, it's all very different ideal clients. And the way you're going to start to build that brand and do your customer service, et cetera, you're kind of doing th things three times over, right? So that's another key reason to keep it into one niche. It's going to make your life a hell of a lot easier. So it's going to get you really focused. Get that niche and then start to research on Amazon. So the way that you research on Amazon is pretty simple. So just think about the types of products that that customer that you like and you want to connect with actually would buy. So for instance, in the fitness niche, one of my things I thought, well, okay, maybe they'll want jump ropes, right? So what, that's what I do is I'd go in and type in jump rope into the search bar. And the reason we do that is as soon as you hit search, what will come up is a load of different products that are selling under that niche. If it's the first, what we call search term or keyword that springs to your mind in terms of what that product is called, that generally is going to be your main keyword. By that, what that means is that's the main term that most people are going to search when they're looking for that product, that means there's going to be a lot of volume for that keyword. The reason we want that is that what we want to see on those page one results is all the top sellers that are selling under that keyword because that gives you an idea of what demand that product is actually generating. Now, the great news is, is that there are tools out there that will tell you exactly what those types of products are actually selling. One tool that I really like to use is called Jungle Scout. So you can literally go to junglescout.com. I'm not affiliated with that tool in any way. It's just a great tool that I use for me and my clients. And essentially what that does is it'll be a plugin, like a, a little widget that will come up on your Chrome bar or whatever. Hit the search term on Amazon, hit the Jungle Scout button, and what will come up is essentially for all those products on page one, what, how much volume they've done in the last 30 days, how many reviews they, the kind of aggregate is for the category. So you'll know essentially... Do you need a lot of reviews to be able to compete there? Also, you know, what kind of revenues they're driving, the price, and then also it will give you like a trend over time. So you can see, is this just a one hit wonder or is this been trending up over time? You so here's a question for you. Question. You mentioned at the beginning, you mentioned find your niche or kind of a category. What do you see as some of the biggest categories, the most popular categories that, that have a volume where you can actually you know, where you could actually build a real and sustainable yeah. business. I know this is kind of like a bit of a cop-out, but basically every category on Amazon has opportunity. What I would say is that in terms of the bigger categories, you probably want to actually stay away from those a lot more because there's going to be a lot more competition. So in, with that in mind, things like supplements, for instance, there are big, big sellers on supplements and they don't want to give up any of their market share, right? Also, health and beauty or beauty products. So anything to do with, you know, moisturizer or like eye cream, things like that. You know, those top, top products that most people do gravitate towards because they think, yeah, everybody wants that. But actually what you're trying to do is niche deeper and go, well, what's the niche within the niche? So within beauty, what's kind of new? Maybe let's just pick charcoal toothpaste, right? Everybody's in lockdown. You might have to make your own toothpaste soon, right? <laughs> so what's, you know, charcoal toothpaste, that's a niche within a niche. It's an alternative category. Think about macro trends that haven't currently hit yet. So one thing that's obviously coming up is ecological products. 
things around, you know, saving waste, the types of materials that might be needed for that, bamboo, for instance, you know, recycling, all those types of things. So you can think of ways to be able to differentiate yourself within those big categories by actually niching down into the actual customer itself. What would they want to buy? Yeah, I think think that's really, really helpful. So it's really the niche inside of the niche, right? So more niche is better because you obviously have less competition. You're going to be able to rank. You may not have the same sort of volume as supplements or vitamins or, you know, mascara or lipstick or whatever the, the beauty product is. But if you can get micro and figure out a way to differentiate yourself, I really like that example you gave of charcoal toothpaste. Because I'm sure toothpaste is something that's searched very common, right? Online, whether it be on Google or wherever you're at, Amazon including. But if you break yourself out into that niche, all of a sudden you might own that. So, so sometimes it's better to own or be the number one in a smaller category than to be yeah. number 100 or number 200 or number 500 in a bigger category. Matter of fact, not sometimes, almost always that's going to be the case, right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And then you can see how Say you find charcoal toothpaste, then you can think, well, what else would a person who buys charcoal toothpaste, what else would they buy? They might buy charcoal soap. They might buy, it doesn't just have to be charcoal either. It's like, what, what's in their sphere of influence that they would enjoy this product and this product? And then you would build a brand around that, those suite of products. So yeah. that's how we like to think about it. Yeah. It's interesting. A few years ago, a good friend of mine did this in the barbecue space. So in the grill space. So he created a grill light and then he created a, a grill brush, and then he created a grill something else, all these different grill products, and he built an entire brand around it, and he had a really great business. So, I mean, you're telling me to do exactly, you're telling the audience to do exactly what I've seen other people do as well as yourself. So, all right, so we talked about the category and niching down. We taught, You started on research, which was that tool you said, what was the name of that tool again? Jungle Scout. Jungle Scout. That's a plugin for your browser where you can do the search on Amazon, and then it'll give you some competitive analysis to give you a sense as to how competitive that space is and what you'd have to do to rank, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so now what? Where do we go from there? So we've done a little bit of that research. Where are we at now? So then we need to look at numbers, right? So what we like to do is get a massive list of different products that we think would be awesome under our, you know, brand. So I like to get at least 200 ideas. So at this point, what I'm doing is I'm just typing in search terms, and look at thinking about what types of products these my niche would want to buy. I get a list of all those products. And then I want to kind of take all those numbers and pop them into a spreadsheet, right? So we, we create one for our clients. But essentially, what you're looking for is some key criteria for the products. So number one is how many reviews does that number one page have? How many reviews do, do your potential competitors have? What we like to do is we don't want any more than, say, say three or four competitors having over like 2,000, 3,000 reviews. The main reason is because reviews are a great way for social proof for your product. And, you know, I know there's been probably a lot of bad press around people buying reviews and all this other stuff on Amazon, but definitely Amazon has clamped down on a lot of that stuff. So naturally what you're trying to, the way you're going to get a review is through sales. So that means if you need like maybe 2,000 reviews to compete or at least 1,000 reviews to compete, it's going to take you a lot longer to get those reviews. So that's the reason why we don't want to do that. So just look in the, on the Jungle Scout data, look at all the competitors. If the competitors are below 1,000 reviews, awesome. You think it's, it's going to be a, a good product there. You can compete. So that's kind of criteria number one. Then criteria number two is looking at, well, how many units per day and how much monthly revenue am I going to potentially get from this product? So what we like to do, and we talked about getting to that million dollars in a year, right? So I like to actually put 
goals into the future and say, okay, in one year time, I want X amount of profit from my Amazon business because I want to put X amount back in my pocket by the end of the year, depending on whatever your goal is. Usually what that is for many people is around $10,000 per month profit. Half goes back into the business and half goes back into their pocket every month. That's kind of usually what the first goal is for many Amazon sellers. So what we want to do is get there within like nine months to 12 months time because you need to build a business first and then you can start taking the money out. So usually what that means is you want to be looking at a product that does around $10,000 per month in terms of value. Because when we look at our profit margins, we want to aim for a 35% profit margin gross. And then usually when you start adding like staff in and things like that, you're probably going to net around 20% of the business, right? So every product that you've got, you want to be around $10,000 per month, net three and a, sorry, gross three and a half and get around $2,000 profit per month. You've got five of those, you're up to your $10,000 per month. Does that make sense? No, that makes total sense. That's perfect. As a matter of fact, that was a question I was going to ask you. So you headed me off at the pass there. So that's perfect. I think that's the visual that people need to understand. They, contextually, they need to understand that it's not necessarily going to be one product. It's usually going to be a small suite of products in and around that same customer avatar that's going to... And the cool thing about that from... I can, ask, I can guess, I'm going to guess here, is that if someone buys your product, is this true or is this not true? If someone buys your product, are they more likely to see your other products as well? Uh, you know, being promoted to them, or how do you yeah. upsell? How do you upsell that buyer into your other products? That might be an interesting question. Yeah, so there's definitely ways to do that. Versus Amazon, unfortunately, don't allow you to promote directly to your customers because they kind of own the customer. But the way you can do that is through your packaging. So when the customer actually gets the product, one key thing that we do, we have an insert in there. We have our own email, you know, list. We get people onto an email list, and then we can start to retarget our products that way. Or if you're au fait with using something like Messenger with ManyChat, you may have heard of ManyChat as a way to be able to build lists on, on Facebook Messenger. So you can send them there as well, and then you can retarget them that way. The other key thing you can do is you can download customer emails or customer profiles, and then you can use that as a custom audience in Facebook. So you can start to retarget people that way as well. But I would say you don't actually need to do that, right? So what tends to happen is probably organically, people will find you through, maybe they'll look at your store. But what I've found is that just focusing on making sure that the numbers work in terms of profitability, making sure that you rank for the main keywords that we talked about earlier, you generally pick up a lot of the traffic that you need to hit the goal that you're trying to get. So part of what we really focus on as coaches is to keep things as simple as possible so you don't feel like you need to go off and learn Facebook ads. You don't feel like you need to go off and learn YouTube ads and all this other stuff. You do just need to get really good at how to rank the products on Amazon and also maybe even use their sponsored ads platform, which is Amazon sponsored ads, which is even I can do it, which means literally anybody could do it because I'm really not that tech savvy at all. I'm more, I'm more visual, right? So I hate all that kind of detail stuff. And I've been able to do it. It's not actually that difficult to do once you understand the process. Love it. Perfect. All right. Well, listen, anything else you want to add about this whole framework of selecting the right product to start and grow your personal, or not your personal, but to build your brand on Amazon? Yeah. I think just look at it with a dispassionate view. Be passionate about the brand. But when you're researching products, just be dispassionate about it, right? Because we see this happen a lot. People think in their head, oh, I really want to sell to CrossFitters. So what they really need is this product over here. And they feel that that is the thing that's going to get them the million dollars. But actually, 
the numbers might not work. If your profit margin is not there, and the other thing I didn't touch on is what we really like to focus on return on investment. So basically what that means is with every dollar that I'm spending on that product, I want to get a return back of $1.50. I don't want to get less than that back because I want to turn my cash really, really quickly. So a big mistake that a lot of people make is they think they've found the perfect product. They spend all their budget on getting that product in. Number one, they don't have any budget left to promote it. And it takes them a long time to move the stock through. So their, in, their money is tied up in inventory for a long period of time. And that can really help, really make people feel like squeezed right, financially. So you want to turn products quickly. You want to turn them in a three-month window. And so you don't want to buy up too much stock. You want to hold around three months worth of stock. And you don't want to put, say you've got $10,000 to start your Amazon business today. Don't put all that $10,000 into your first order. You know, put maybe, look for a product that will cost you like two and a half thousand to three thousand dollars for the first order and then save another, say, two thousand dollars for marketing and then save the rest of it for a reorder because what you're going to be doing is selling through the first round and then you're going to need to buy more stock and bring that through. So, whatever budget you're working with, think that you have to have like two rounds of that product coming through before you start to see you know, that profit coming back in your pocket. And that's where a lot of people actually make a mistake and then give up because they're like, I've spent all my money and I didn't realize that I needed to keep some back. Makes total sense. Yeah. I mean, thinking about that from the perspective of of a real business, as opposed to just trying something, right? So you're budgeting and you're thinking about your reorder, you're thinking about the cash flow needs of the business. So I think that makes sense. So one of the advantages to, you know, to listening to this episode or maybe even working with Kirsty and her team is that, you know, they've already went through this process. They can guide you because again, like any business, you're going to make mistakes. We all do. It's, it's how we learn. But you know, she's going to, she and her team and anybody that does what she does coaching in and around Amazon, you know, building an Amazon business, they're going to help you fold time and save money, right? Ultimately, yeah. that's the goal. So awesome. Listen, if there's not anything else you want to add, I got a couple more questions and we'll wrap it up for today. Yep, sure. Cool. All right, listen, quick question, more in personal on your side. And I would typically have asked this at the top of the interview, but I forgot. So I'll ask it now. And that is, if you could pick any business superpower, any business superpower, something you don't currently have, something you wish you had, what hmm. would it be? Well, that's a good question. What do I wish I could do? I would really love to understand how to build funnels. And I know that sounds like a weird thing, but I just, I'm more conceptual, right? So I, lo- I like the idea of, of making it happen, but I struggle with the detail of actually, you know, how does that actually all come together? If I had that, and I'm, I'm working hard on it, but if I had that, I'd be able to kind of see all these like audience funnels everywhere. You know what I mean? I feel like I just need that kind of, what would you call it? It's like coming out of the smoke and going, ah, that's how I get all my audience into, especially into my coaching business. So yeah, if anyone's got that superpower and they want to pass it on, like hit me up and tell me how to do it. <laughs> I'm sure there's a bunch of ClickFunnel experts that are definitely going to hit you up on that because uh, while they're not a sponsor of the show, I definitely recommend them. They've obviously had huge success in and around building funnels. So all right, listen, a couple quick questions, rapid fire, and then we'll close it out for today. What's your favorite growth tool or software, something that you use on a regular basis to grow your business? A SaaS product, an app, something like that. Yeah. In terms of growing the business, funnily enough, I don't actually use a lot of tools, but obviously if I think about my Amazon business, that tool, uh, Jungle Scout is an awesome one. In terms of Helium 10, there's another tool called Helium 10, which gives you some really good insights into keyword research as well. And also I would say we've just also started our own podcast. And so I would say that's an awesome way. It's not a tool, 
but it's a it's a great way to reach a lot of people and actually with your tone of voice so that is something that we'd be missing as a team obviously you do that as well so i think that's a great way to add your voice in a consistent way on an ongoing basis so what's I'm, the name of your podcast it's called sprint to profit awesome everybody should check that out and listen before we close out what's one book you would recommend to the audience something maybe you've read or you think would help them along in their journey yeah i would definitely say the one thing I'm trying to remember the author now, but that's awesome because that really helped me to get rid of all the noise in terms of being laser focused on the key thing that's actually going to help me grow the business. Because I love that. For me, as I said earlier, freedom is a big part of what I do. And if I feel that my time is being squeezed, I hate that feeling. So my freedom of time comes first. So by really focusing in on that one thing that's going to actually grow the business, make sure that I've got a lot of free time to be able to do the things that I love to do as well. Perfect. Listen, let everybody know how they can connect with you, learn more about you know your Amazon brand, learn more about your coaching business, and then we'll wrap it up for today. Yeah, sure. So you can listen to the podcast, Sprint to Profit. And then also you can contact us on www.goteamreal.com. And we've got some free training on there as well. So if you want to understand a lot more about how, to, how Amazon works, you know how you actually rank products and stuff, we've got some free training on there. So you can see us on there. And then any socials you want to message me, I'm just Kirsty Verity everywhere. Love it. We'll make sure we put all those links in the show notes. Really appreciate you being here today, Kirsty. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay put for the time being, and we'll talk soon. <laughs> Great. Thanks. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.